Zach, happy new year. How are you, man? Howdy doody. You know, my new year's resolution is to grow my hair back out. And how's, it's, it, how's it going for you? <laughs> it's fine. It's just, <laughs> there's this stage where like, you know, I feel like women have this better opportunity because their hair is typically longer. So they don't have this phase. I'm in like that two to three inches of like a terribleness where it's just like, I need it to get a little bit longer because I can't do the whole spike thing, which is what people are accustomed to knowing me as, but you know, we'll get by. What's your goal, man? How, how long are you going to, how long are you growing out the hair? That? I would imagine yeah. like it was, you know, 2020 ish, you know, it got pretty long there. I've, I've been yeah. keeping the beard a little bit more, um, sophisticated if you will but um you know maybe to their aspect <laughs> a couple more inches. yeah there's nothing worse than the you either got to commit or not they're, 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 that in between stage is terrible it is it is it is it's a terrible thing so you you uh i, I just met today's guest 13 minutes ago I uh, know you're super excited about him. You you've known him. When when did you first meet him? Uh, Star Peninsula for uh, mm-hmm. last year, so 2022 Star Peninsula. What and we've what, talked about? What yeah, round we talked now? about us. Yeah, but th- so we've talked about the fact that yeah, you know, everyone's there's there's just certain founders that 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 they have that fact that it factor if you uh, if you will, uh, super knowledgeable, charismatic uh knows knowledgeable in the sense of uh knows their numbers knows the the data knows your knows their customers so like that's just all really 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 important stuff you can't fake your way through that kind of uh through business that way because you'll you'll pick up on it and then uh so you're either building or losing credibility and just every time talking to tajir man or hearing him man he he was building that credibility. So that's where we are today. Charisma is a very underrated data point. I don't know what the word is. A descriptor in a pitch. Yeah. Right. 100%. If someone is born and, and I, not everyone is charismatic, but those ones in pitch competitions, in movies, in acting, in, in like that charisma, I feel like charisma is like the natural born leader type of thing like you see a lot of athletes that have that charisma and it's i I think some people maybe uh, don't like that from a person but i I love it and i think it's important and i think those who have a lot of charisma are the ones that typically um and when you pair that with the knowledge of their kpis that are that are necessary necessary my other um New Year's resolution is to speak better English. So hopefully that'll that'll, that'll be there too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, super excited for today's show. And Tim, I know you've been excited since you you got word that he signed up. So, well, and the other thing too, man, and, and welcome to the show, Chajir, is the fact that this was an unsolicited request in the sense of it's it's a lot of times we'll see we'll see founders and be like hey man do the show that'd be awesome to or, or woman to do the show but uh th- and this is one of those blanket invites and then tajir you took the initiative and uh you're like let's do it so uh that's always awesome too yeah. so, Happy to be well here. welcome well, hampton since we've been to- tooting your horn you better be charismatic because if not i'm out <laughs> i'm leaving oh, i got the energy i got the energy now i'm ready Okay. okay. Get your stretch yeah. on. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> man. Let's go. So let's let's start from the beginning. You're okay. as uh, you're from Hampton, Virginia. Yeah. Yes, I'm born and raised in Hampton, Virginia. Um, I have family all across um, the United States, just about um, you know seven five seven area. So we have that energy that we have. A lot of great athletes coming out of that area. It's a great environment. Um, I went to Hampton High School. Go Crabbers. Um, I went all four years there. I had a decision of going to Bethel or Hampton, but I made the decision to go to Hampton because they had a good track and field team. So I made that decision. So in middle school, do you have like a hat at a table with like two cameras in front of you and you decide which one you're about to put the Bethel <laughs> hat on? You go, no, put the Crabber hat on. Do you, do you do that? Or is that like, no, that's that's not your way? Yeah, that, that wasn't the way back then. That wasn't the way. Yeah. 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 Then you went to the worst school in the history for college. <laughs> um, uh, Look, my, my Hokie fans, they're probably watching right now, and they're going to hate you, Zach. 
That's fine. Don't care. That's that's a bear. That's a mama bear right there. You can't play with that one. You can't play with that one. So did you go to Virginia Tech for track and field? They can't really play in football. At least not against us. (laughs) We're gonna see. We I didn't play. I didn't play football, so I can't speak on that one. But I'm gonna defend them. But um, Tim. So so actually making the decision to go um to Virginia Tech. That one was a tricky one. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily track. But it was academics, right? So in high school, I was all about track and field. I was like, that was my number one mission was track and field. Like even in middle school, I started running around my ninth, middle of eighth grade. Um, And I had a decision to make um, during high school, right? I got hurt my junior year. My junior year of high school, I had a pelvis stress fracture. And it messed me, it messed my direction up in terms of, you know, pursuing my dreams of track and field. And at that point in time, I had to make a decision if track was going to be the thing that actually took me um, from my current situation. And while I was hurt, I was definitely um, undergoing depressed as most athletes. Like that was my identity. And I had to figure out who was Tajir as a person. So during that time, I said, if I don't have track, I'm not going to sit around and power. I was definitely doing rehab. Um, but I had to get a cortisone shot um, in my pelvis um, for healing. But that took six to eight months. Um, so during that time, I got my first job. Um, I worked at Taco Bell and that experience was horrible. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to do this. Um, and I didn't know why I was doing it. I was doing it just for money. And I said, you know what? This is not the way I can't. <laughs> it was just it just wasn't a good feeling at all. Um, but up until that point, I always was able to keep money in my pocket. I used to sell Pop-Tarts in high in middle school. Almost got kicked out of middle school. I used to sell Pop-Tarts in middle school. And then in high school, I was selling candy. I used to go to BJ's, like a big Sam's Club. I used to get the big, big pack of candy. I used to sell those out of my bag in high school. A young hustler. Yes, a young hustler. Yes. Yeah, yes. But, but before we keep going, what, what was so bad about Taco Bell? So I worked so, at a Domino's growing up, and I loved working there. And, I, and maybe it's because we didn't interact with as many customers in the same way. But, like... I worked there for for three four years and it, it was a lot of fun and and I enjoyed that that aspect of it. So 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 what about Taco Bell was so terrible? So my interview right, the lady interviewed me and I told her I ran track and field because like I said that was my identity. I always brought that to the table. So she's like, "Oh, you're fast, man." This lady put me on the line. I said, "I I run with my feet, not my hands." Right? And Taco <laughs> Bell, they, got, they they got rush hours, right? So you got you got to and tacos break. So you got to be gentle but fast at the mm. same time. And I mean, like, I was breaking tacos, had to remake tacos. I got tired of tacos, right? And, I mean, that that right there was just insane. Like, that fast food chain, in particular Taco Bell, is so underrated in terms of the line staff. They're so elite. People will never know. You know how hard it is to fold a taco, a hard-shell taco? Okay, so I don't know if you've seen this, but there are um, YouTube accounts, and I would assume TikTok and Instagrams as well, oh. that are just people with like a Go, GoPro camera right here, and they're shooting down, showing how they're preparing it. And these guys are getting hundreds of thousands, half a really? million, sometimes millions of views just for two, three minutes of videos right. showing you what a couple minutes out of McDonald's, out of Taco Bell, out of whatever are. And it's really interesting um, to see that because it's just like what you're saying, like yeah. – it's a steal. Like I only ordered a Big Mac. Like this should take two seconds. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. the whole process takes forty-five seconds to build. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting to, it's, to it's, see. It's a, it's a crazy process. It really was a crazy process, but it taught me a lot about being on a team, which was a crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I ran track and field. Track and field is an individual sport, right? But everyone has to communicate. And everything in my life, I learned a lesson. And Taco Bell in particular. That was a huge lesson because that set me up in determining what I wanted to do. So from Taco Bell, I said, you know what? This is not going to work. So I started on the scholarship grind, the academic scholarship grind. Um, I remember this was late junior year of my high school um, when I was a high schooler. And it's this portal, right? It's like every different uh, school district or area you're in has a list of scholarships that you can apply for. And I say, you know what? I might not be going to track and field. I might not be going to college on a full ride for track. And I know I want to go to college, but I have no money to pay for it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take the same hustle that I had with selling candy, with training for track. I'm going to bring that to the academic side. And academic was always um, at the back of my mind, right? 
Um, growing up, I wasn't I wasn't always smart. I get that to, to that later. Um, but I just I just knew track was going to be the way. But when I lost that identity, I had to put it in a different focus. Um, so I started doing scholarships and I did. I applied to over 100, 120 scholarships with the help of my mother. Um, she helped me so much on that on that process because I didn't know what I was doing. This was a new area um, and I was able to win 26 scholarships, including uh, a full ride scholarship to Virginia Tech. Um, but this process was 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 crazy. It, it was insane because um, I, I had to step out my comfort zone. Right. I was doing things that I'd never done before. Um, I had to do all these different competitions um, where you had to interview with these, these scholarship uh, uh, interviewers and they would ask you all these questions. Um, and it helped me with my public speaking because I was not good at public speaking at all. Um, I hate looking people in their eyes. Um, I didn't know what to say. I got nervous. But like I said, that was a lesson in itself. Um, and I ended up getting that full ride literally the end of my senior year, like I want to say in March, you know, and, and people started leaving for school like in August. But that, that was a late time to figure out if you were going to actually go to school or not. Um, and so if you're in March. You don't know if you're going to school because you can't afford. I can afford it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the bubble. I was really on the bubble. I was doing all the right things. I mean. We either had a free uh, college application week at our school where you could apply to, um, you know, colleges for free because each application was like $50 or so. But for our school, it was this whole week. And I literally stayed in the library that entire week. And I applied to every single school. I mean, I really every single school and all my friends was like, what are you doing? Like it was just it was odd. it was an odd thing to do at that time. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I needed to do it. I was getting all these recommendation letters from my counselor. It was a lot of work being put behind the scenes. What is the process to apply to a school these days? Is it is it, I'm assuming it's all online. Is it is it a lot? Is it so it it, it, it is in a way. So you have um it's it's terms it's, it's first admissions, it's secondary admissions, but um you can actually go to that school, right? That they'll have tours and you have your transcript there, you give your SAT scores, your ACT scores. And they'll actually um, accept you on the spot when you go to a tour, and you'll oh, no get, kidding. yeah, you'll and that, and that's in like October, right? But it's certain people like your guys counselor picks those people that should go, and that and that's and that's the thing. So like, for the high school is looking at this, you need to make sure you have a great relationship with your guidance counselor, great relationship with your teachers, because those are the people that can really set you up for for success after high school. But as high schoolers, you don't know all these things. Like right now, you're just living in the moment, which is not a bad thing. But you need to make sure you're 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 looking for the future for what you're going to do after. Did your mom instill that in you? Say that again. Did your mom instill that mindset in you? Because I mean, my, my guess is that Tim wasn't like that. <laughs> you're, you better know that I wasn't like that. That's why like, I was in the Air Force, man. And, and you know what? My mom, she didn't graduate college. She 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 dropped out as well, but she wanted the best for me. And I, and I had a single parent growing up and it was just me and my mother. It was me and my mother um, and she wanted the best for me. And she did everything that she could to make sure that I got what she didn't have. Um, and and the thing that really instilled me was she wanted me to get everything that she didn't have. Mm. Right. So she made me do the things that I didn't want to do which was like applying to scholarships, talking to different people, um, just really putting myself out there and putting myself in that uncomfortable position. Right? So, you know, what's interesting about all of this. People probably be like, oh, this is a, this is obnoxious. This kid applied to 120 scholarships, yada, yada, yada. Some of the things that Tim detailed earlier about Tajir and his diligence of, of, of doing and being prepared for business. Guess what? You, you did it then four, five, six, seven years ago, whenever that was you knew to do it and that's the exact same thing in business it's just yep. you weren't lazy to do it you did it and so it's it's mm -hmm. interesting how that lesson maybe you never saw the parallel there but mm -hmm. i immediately see it right it's like okay yeah. well i gotta do all the homework the home the business is just a bunch of homework let's be honest right well and the, the harder you work the luckier you get yeah 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 luck yeah well right well that right. exactly right luck, so luck is such an interesting word in that thing because it's like okay well like yeah well this person got in that position well what did you see behind the scenes that that person didn't tell you that he did mm -hmm. and and the 26 scholarships i did win i had to learn from each one that i lost like he might i applied to 120 all right so the ones well, I mean, that how, I, how did you lose 94 i mean how dare you 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> There, there you go. There you go. Let's call them up. Like, what? Do you, yeah. what who are these people? Like, who are these people? What, what, what was they looking at? Um, so, you know, continuing at that grind, I was getting these scholarships. My mother decided, I'm excited. I'm really feeling really good. Um, I get back healthy mid-senior year. And I just stepped on the track. I didn't have a lot of training. Um, and I said, I just want to get, get some times down, right, no matter what, to see if I can still run track. I got some times down there. It wasn't that great. Um, I only made it to regionals. So for track and field, it's, it's different. It's, it's different steps. You have um, like your, um, your your local area, and our local area is called um, the Peninsula, right? So Peninsula District. We I ran there. Then you go to regionals, and then you go to nationals, right? I only made the cut for um, regionals for the hundred meters. So I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for track. I guess when I go to um, Virginia Tech, I'm gonna just walk onto the track team, and hopefully I make it. But a crazy thing happened, right? And keep in mind, I'm doing everything I need to do. I'm preparing myself. I'm getting ready for college. I'm still doing my scholarships. And, you know, I'm doing the things that I need to do. And I'm putting myself in a good position to get set up for college. Um, my father, he doesn't fly um, that often. And he ended up flying for the first time in a while. And right next to him was a Virginia Tech track coach, right? And keep my, I told my father I was going to uh, Virginia Tech uh, probably two weeks, two weeks after he had, after he sat down with him. Um, and my dad just was like, oh, my son is going there. Um, just give him a shot, you know, just, just see what he has. And the Virginia Tech coach, track coach took a chance um, and, he, and he let me do that. And I got on and, and keep in mind, this was, this was me literally just doing the things that I needed to do. And I surrendered the outcome. I wasn't like, oh, I, you know, I, I got to figure a way how to get on this track and field team. Like, I knew I wanted to do it. But at this, at this point in time, I need to focus on getting these scholarships and getting a way to get to school. How, how does track and field work in terms of do they keep a number of slots open for walk-ons or do they recruit and fill the team before the season honestly, starts? Honestly, it's a numbers game. So at the end of the day, um, you know, everyone has has track meets, but – for, we was in the ACC, and you have ACC competition, right, a championship, and people have to put up points. So the, the top eight to ten people put up points. So, like, um, the fir first place is ten points, and then it goes on from there. So for track and field, you know, for all division um, sports, it's a, it's a certain number of how many um, scholarships are dispersed, um, and track always gets about the least amount of money because football takes about that money, basketball takes away from that money. Um, but – if you run good times, they're going to put you on the team because they want to win a championship. That's how it works. So you want to be fast, right? You want to be as fast as possible to get on that team. Well, that's the economics behind it, right? Because yeah. the stadium isn't filled the same way the football stadium is. And whether or not you're the well, number, one, if, number one team in the world. And I would imagine if yeah. you're already there on scholarship, then they don't have to worry about scholarship yeah. money. Mm -hmm. And that's what my dad threw out. I didn't want him to say that because I wanted some more money. Because oh, you got to pay him no money. So now you know he got someone that he can at least build up, train, get him points, and he you know it's, it's a business at the end of the day. So he was looking at that. That's a that's a that's a good asset to add. Um, so that that's how that worked out. So was that so? What did you run all four years then? So <laughs> we got we got a long journey too. We got a long journey. <laughs> so I had to. I had, so I. Okay, before going to college, right? I'm in. We're in June now, all right. Me and my family were very close. Like I said, it took a village to raise me, um, and I had, you know, amazing, amazing. I had amazing family. Um, in particular, my aunt. My aunt was like my second mother. Um, her name was Curl. That's where Aunt Curl sauce comes from. Um, and you know, she had the sauce for me and my family that she always made for our seafood nights, and we had seafood nights almost every single Saturday. Every single football, um, Sunday night football, we had it. Um, and I never knew she actually made the sauce because it was always there. And it was just something that was that was just always present. And I never ate seafood without it. So I was thinking in my mind, like everyone has this sauce. This is just not a normal thing. This is something that, you know, this is what people do. And come to find out, I was going off to of school um, and I'm going to Virginia Tech so that, you know, that's that's an amount. It's not too much seafood is out there. And I was like, you know, I like seafood. I said, Auntie, where can I get the sauce from? And she told me in that moment, she said, Baby, I make this. 
So, you know, my head's spinning now. I'm like, ain't no way you've been making this sauce for me and my family my entire life. And I didn't know. So I said at that very moment, keep in mind, I had I didn't really I didn't even know the term entrepreneurship or start a business. I just knew about how to make money, how to sell things. So I say, once I graduate college, I'm going to turn this into a business. And she said she didn't really she didn't believe me. But I, I like I said, I'm going to do this for you. Right. Because you have a great product. I love you and you deserve the world. Um, so, you know. And in June, I started going to school in August. I took classes during the summer. So as soon as I graduated high school, I went straight into college. Um, I took four classes during the summer. Um, I was training with the team for track and field as soon as I got there. So I got, you know, a, a leg up because I didn't have, I wasn't in shape, right? I just stepped on the track to put some times down my senior year. Um, I was trying to get in shape. And keep in mind, at that time, you're still trying to get on the team. Right. So every day is a make or break type of thing. So I'm, I'm killing myself, killing myself in the books, killing myself on the track. Um, and I go through, I keep going through forward with that. Um, and I had to pick a major. Um, I ended up going with computational modeling data analytics, which was crazy. Um, and I only went for that major for the money. I saw they made like $90,000 minimum. <laughs> <laughs> but I soon found out why they made a minimum of $9,000 because <laughs> it was so hard. Uh, it was a combination of physics, mathematics, and coding. So in high school, I didn't know what no programming was. I didn't know what no HTML. I, I mean, I never even looked at code before, right? So it was just so many new things I was getting exposed to. And it was crazy because I'm looking in class like, what is this? What is this man talking about? You know, I'm, it's just was, it was a different language. Um, so I ended up changing my major um, to, to construction, right? I changed my major to construction, but I kept computer science for some, you know, the main reason why I kept computer science is I put so much effort into that class. I said, I just can't let this go. It was like eight classes you had to take for the minor. Um, but anyway, so I did all that. Um, and I'm halfway through my first fall semester and I get some news from my family and they say, you know, Aunt Curl has cancer. And I'm going through my head like, I just left her in June and it's November. And she ends up passing away. Not my fault. That was October. That was October when I got that news. Um, and she passed away in October. And that 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 crushed me, right? And they were they were definitely trying to keep me in a in a good state just because I just got to college. Um and I, if I would have really knew sooner or so, I, there's no telling I would have did. I probably wouldn't back home, probably would have dropped out. Um, but the first thing that hit my mind was that promise I made her. That promise I made her really kept me and it kept me moving forward. And I don't know what I would have did if I didn't make that promise, because when I made that promise, it was something I really meant. And I knew I wanted to finish it. Like in my life, I never finished anything so to say like I always like started things but never actually got to the end result besides like finishing high school stuff like that but I was like you know this is something I'm really going to fulfill and I'm going to turn this dream into a reality. Um, Had you even made a single batch of the hot sauce at this point? I didn't even know what went in it. Did she have it written down? How'd you figure it out? I didn't even have a recipe. This is crazy. It's it's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. So so keep in mind, I my I, I had my first competition for track and field in December. All my family come up there, and this is just after losing. So this was like a a this was the first time I seen my family after losing my aunt, and it was just it just was so many emotions. It it was just it was a, it was a crazy feeling, you know, having your family back. Um, and it was in Blacksburg. So it was at Virginia Tech's home. It was a home track meet. And it was just a great feeling to see them. But I, I was missing a part of me. I was missing my aunt. And I just remember breaking down, crying, just talking to them, just thanking them for coming out. Um, but it, it gave me it gave me like more motivation. Like it filled me up more to go a little bit harder. Um, so, you know, during this time after they left, I'm still competing. I did OK. I didn't do great. Um, still getting into the gist of things. And, you know, I say, you know what, I'm starting on this business. I'm not waiting. I'm going to do it. And I started, you know, I'm talking to them while they're in Blacksburg saying, like, do you know what she put in this? And no one really knew. Like, they, they knew some of the ingredients, but they, no one has the quantity, the specification. Like, they don't know anything, right? So I'm like, okay, 
Even I'm in a dorm. I'm still in a dorm. So I'm making sauce in my dorm, trying to figure it out. It, it, it was taking me months because I was just trying to find out. The, and I'm not a chef. Like I don't, I don't cook. You asked my mother. I hate cooking. I don't, <laughs> I don't cook at all. Right? If I have, if I have to cook, then it's just, it's, it's going to get done. But um, so I'm just trying to figure it out in my dorm room. I don't have a car as well, so I'm asking my friends on the team to drive me to Walmart, trying to figure it out, getting on the bus, trying to get all these different things. Um, and then I say, you know, I need a stove, right? Because I'm in my dorm. I don't have anything to cook with. So I went to my, my friend's apartment complex. I went to his house um, and I'm literally just chefing it up in there trying to make it. I'm letting them taste it. They don't even know how it tastes. They don't, you know, they didn't taste the original. I'm asking them how it tastes and they never even had it before. But it, they were very supportive, but it was like, you know, we don't know. So I, I finally get down something that resembles it. So I bought some bottles off Amazon, like some glass bottles. And at the time I was in a dorm, but I'm trying to say like, I'm just so blessed. Like during that time I was in a living learning community. And that means like you were in a community where um, I had to host events for my dorm. Right. And they gave us, I think $1,500 per semester to do events for the dorm. So <laughs> that was, you know, I did events for the dorm, shout out Virginia Tech. Um, but I used some of that money to launch the business. And when I say launch the business, I did an event in my dorm where I gave out crab legs. We boiled crab legs. We did shrimp in the dorm, right? And my, my teammates, on track, they helped me do all this. And I remember, I, and I never planned accordingly. So I just get into jumping in things. I'm getting out of class at, at 6.30. They had to come pick me up from my class. It's in my dorm. The event starts at 7, right? So we're rushing. We're boiling crab legs. I'm asking, like, y'all know how to cook crab legs, right? <laughs> like we don't. I said, just boil some water. So you know they're cooking crab legs up. I'm making sauce on the spot. You know I'm I'm showing all the ingredients. I'm just you know mixing it up, rushing it. But I did have um, surveys, and I got these. I made some surveys where it's like, how do you like it? What's the consistency? How much should you pay for this? And I know now you should never ask the customer like, how much would you pay for it? Like, what's the value? But I had it on the box. I had like five, three dollars set because I don't know anything at this point, right? And um, I gave out these surveys and everyone's getting like one crab leg and one shrimp, right? So it's just a taste. But on the on the flyers I made, I did make flyers and I posted them up everywhere for campus. But on the flyer, I said buffet, right? I had to get people there, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when they got there, it was one crab leg and one shrimp. So they was already mad, right? But um, I had to get the sauce. I said, you're here for the sauce, not the food, right? And I, I, had, I had over 100 people like there, like the dorm was packed out. Like I had, I was like camp security. I mean, like it was, they thought it was a party going on because it was so much, so many people there. Right. So I got good time content, got good feedback and it gave me that oomph I needed because I'm like, you know what? I can do this now. Like people actually like this. Um, and, and just to you do some foreshadowing, I ended up getting the sauce at Virginia Tech's dining hall. Right. So I, I went from in the dorm to doing this out my dorm to in the dining hall. So we're going to get to that part as well. Um, but I didn't, I, like I said, I just put together, right? I never wrote down a recipe either. So that, was, that was my next question. I was like, please tell me you wrote down. I didn't tell I did. <laughs> I was going off a of taste for two years. I went off a of taste. So I'm going to have the customers saying, oh, this is better than that. Like just, you know, because it, it was never, it was never written. So I'm literally tasting it every single time. And like my cubicles still taste like sauce. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very real person. I love my unsauce, but now I just like, I didn't did it. I didn't taste it so much. Like you wouldn't believe how much I didn't like first thing in the morning, no breakfast tasting sauce because I'm making sauce. Right. So it, it was, it was definitely an experience. Um, and I so have, is it a seafood sauce? Is it a like, what, what, what? I mean, I know it says it goes with chicken and, and shrimp and crab yeah. and things like that, but like, is it like a, what's it like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's an all-purpose, so originally the name was Unc Curl's Crab Sauce, right? Mm -hmm. Going off my, I don't like crabs. I don't want this sauce. It's got crab mm -hmm. in it, so I took out the crab, but I kept the crab emblem. Um, but it's an all-purpose sauce, so we ate it with crabs, right? So when we had our seafood nights, it was blue crab stacked to the sky newspaper on the bottom, sauce all around, right? Um, but it's really good with chicken. It's really good um, with cauliflower, baking, um, glazing, dipping. So it's all purpose. It's not a hot sauce. It's a sauce. So you can use it. It's versatile, right? 
Um, so a lot of my people like it with chicken wings. They like doing it with the steaks, um, like actually like marinating in the steaks and grilling it. So we have fun, even a meatloaf. So like we have a good time with the sauce. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's definitely. So it's like a ketchup consistency. Is that what it, it is tomato based. It is tomato based. Yes, yes. And when my when my aunt made it, it was a mild version, right? So it we wasn't a spicy. We was a spicy family, right? When I use the bathroom, I don't like anything burned. So you know, we 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 kept it mild. But my my, my customers, they wanted something hot. So I don't do this well with spice. So you had to imagine me trying to make something hot, and I got to taste it. I put tears into this, right? I always <laughs> love my aunt because I'm living out her dream. But now I'm doing this for my customers, right? So I ended up doing um, cayenne and red chili peppers. That was the spicy version. So I created the spicy version. And that took a while because I was trying to get to a, a nice heat, but a heat where you could still taste the flavor. You don't want a sauce where it's overbearing and you can't taste it. Like it's a flavorful sauce. And I didn't want to take that away from uh, my aunt's recipe. So it took me a while to get that spicy down. And people start asking me, where's your nutritional label? Where, where, is, where is the ingredients, <laughs> right? Because I just have stickers. On the bottle, no expiration date. I don't have anything, right? So I'm just, I'm really trapped in hot sauce, right? Um, so I ended up going to, so I, I find out all these resources. So Virginia Tech has a program. It's called the um, Food Innovations Program. Got to shout them out because they got me here in terms of um, product um, evaluation to the point where I'm at now. Um, but they actually test your consistency of your product. They test the HP balance, how long it will last for. All this stuff I didn't have. And a lesson in this is that like I didn't procrastinate, which you know it could have hurt me in a, a good in a good or bad way, but I just did stuff. I just waited for something. You shouldn't do this, but I just waited stuff to hit the fan and then I did it because I was just trying to get it out there, right? But everything worked out. Um, but I got my nutritional label done, I got the expiration date done, and I got that halfway. So this is year one. I was probably six months in. Or six or seven months in before I got the nutritional label. Um, and I got that for just the mild. And then I did the spicy probably two months later. Um, and from there, I got out of my dorm, got out of my my, uh, my friend's apartment making sauce. And I got into a commercial kitchen, Millstone Kitchen. It was seven, it was seven minutes away from my college, Virginia Tech. So I would go down there, you know, after practice, after um, classes and make sauce. And the overhead, it was, I think it was $30 an hour. It was something where it was just like, I'm killing myself. Because keep in mind, I was selling each bottle for $10. At that time, it was five-ounce glass bottles. Right now, we have 12-ounce glass bottles. And I was just making sauce, trying to, you know, within one hour, I was trying to really crank it out there. Um, you crank out as many bottles as I could to, to maximize my profit and limit my overhead. Um, but I just remember I'm I'm in there and it's like a, a dual kitchen. So like you have chefs on the other side, like it's a um, community kitchen. Um, so anyone can go in there. I just remember I used to be like, what am I doing? Like I'm seeing chefs like and I don't even you know, I don't even cook. So I'm just like I'm really doing it like that right there was really like a wake up call. Like Taj, you're like, you're really in this. You're really doing it. It's like you're really making sauce right now after school. Like It was just like a awakening moment. Like, I was just going through the process, but then at that same moment, it's just like, look where you're at right now. Like I'm in the kitchen, in a, in a real kitchen, right? Um, then anyway, I got FDA approved. They came and inspected. They watched me cook the sauce. Like it was a whole process. And that's this is during COVID, right? So now we're during COVID. So it was just so hard to get people to come see me because no one was doing stuff. I, it was just so hard to really build this business because a lot of stuff I needed to do, it wasn't evaluation that could be done over zoom it was stuff that they had to see in person they had to come inspect the kitchen to make sure like i was cooking in a safe environment and that was a long process <laughs> and it was an email game so i was emailing i mean i never wrote so many emails in my life like i was just emailing people back and forth back and forth but i was learning because that's what i do now all i do is email right but um <laughs> but so anyways COVID happens my scholarship right um my scholarship, I had to maintain a 3.0 GPA to maintain my scholarship at Virginia Tech. That was slipping. Keep in mind, I'm still running track. And I had to make a decision at that point. I said, either I stay with track or I focus on my grades, right? I ended up getting a 2.99, right? Literally 2.99. They took away my scholarship. I had to do an appeal to get my scholarship back. 
and I was able to, I got it back, but that was a wake up call. I said, I can't, cause this, it was, that was the first offense. You get a second offense, it's over. It's no, it's no coming back. What so you I had three out the next semester. You know, well, what did you need to, uh, attempt? Yeah, three yeah, yeah, three mm-hmm. I, had, I had, I had to maintain a three, a 3.0 and I had to maintain 15 credit hours. So I couldn't, I couldn't go below. So each semester you had to do 15 credit hours and a 3.0 GPA. That was, that was like, that was the goal. Like no matter what I did outside, I had to make sure I did a 15 um, credit hours, like five, that's five classes and 3.0. But what hurt me was we used to travel for track and field. So like most of my, I was have to tell my teachers like, Hey, I'm about to do this. Some of them were like, um, they, they, they did work with me, but some didn't. And that kind of, you know, messed my grade up in a sense, but I had to make a decision and I made a decision and that decision was one of the hardest decisions I ever made because I was, I'm a man, I'm a man of faith. So I was asking God, I was like, you you didn't just bring me all this way just to start running track. Like, what is, what are you trying to do? Like my dad was able to sit next to the really track coach. I was able to get on the team. You know, it's just stuff folding. I I was able to go deep. Like my number one dream was to run a D one program. Right. And I was able to do that without like actually like, I want to say it wasn't just all track. Like it just worked out in a sense. Right. And that definitely changed me. Um, and, and, it, and it taught me a very valuable lesson um, about tough decisions. And I was definitely getting molded and cultivated during that time, but I made a decision to start running track and field. And, you know, during the pain, it, it kind of made it a little easier. Um, but I just remember like, cause my roommates were still on the track and field team. I just remember them going to practice and I'm sitting in the room like, oh man, wish I, you know, it, it was just, it was just, a, it was just a sad thing, but it, it, it filled me up more because I was like, what do I have in front of me right now? Whatever I have in front of me, I need to be giving it 110% of what I have. So that's what I started doing. I just started pouring more of my energy into that. Um, and during COVID, I mean, I really got a leg up in a sense, like I was blessed enough because I know COVID was a lot, it was a hard time for a lot of people. Um, but in my case, it gave me more time to focus on my business because I didn't have to commute because at this time I moved out of the dorm and I got um, a house with my, with my teammates. Um, and that commute was like 20 minutes or so, but the commute is not the, not the thing. It was me sitting in class, right? I was able to do everything from home. So I was able to do a lot for my business from home. Um, we're still good. Yeah. 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 Okay. So taking a step back, right, with computer science, <laughs> I ended up saying I want to start another business, right? Um, I said I was like, I want to finish something. I want to do something. So I said that I'm going to make a mobile app, right? I never, like I said, I never did coding before. Like I, the introduction in Virginia Tech was really a wake-up call, and I hated feeling so stupid in those classes because, like, I honestly didn't know anything. And the class was like 40 minutes. So in 40, it's only but so much you can learn in 40 minutes, like, you had to take coding programming classes in high school to be able to like it was the system was just it was like I was like this is brick. There's no way you're gonna be able to. It's, it was just no way. It, like it's, it's twice a week. You got so all together. You know you sit in a class for two hours a week, and you're supposed to get an A in this. It was just it was no way. So I say you know what, I'm gonna teach myself how to make iOS apps. So I literally like okay, how do I make iOS apps? So. So I had to get a MacBook. So you can only make iOS, you know, apps on a MacBook. Like go Apple, right? Monopoly. Um, so you know, I had to I had to um get a job, right? A MacBook, a MacBook Pro. What I needed was just so. So I ended up getting a job. Um, and this is during the summer, in between my sophomore, my sophomore, my freshman and sophomore summer, right? So I, I already started the sauce business, right? And then I'm doing the app stuff over the summer. Um, I ended up getting two jobs. I took four classes um, because I changed my major. Um, and the major I had, the construction major, that was like 140 credits. And then computer science was 20 credits. So it was like, yeah, I'm about to graduate with like, you know, you know, some, some credits. So um, I ended up doing that. And it took me five months to make my first app. But the app was called University Link. It's still on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. Um, but that really got my name out in campus. Uh, because I built an app that was similar to LinkedIn, but it was geared towards connecting entrepreneurs on college campuses. Hmm. Um, and that blew up on my campus, which, which originally got my name out. And I was able to start a business out of it because people wanted to learn how I was doing that. Because at the time, no one like 
it was a classic to teach you mobile apps, but it taught you just enough, but not to release your own app. You know what I'm saying? Like it taught you how to code, but not to get to the finished part. Um, and how I learned was YouTube University. Right. So I literally sat in my dorm like all day and night and was like trying to figure out how to code, how to program. It's a great place. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great place. You just literally gotta sit yourself down and focus, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing that and I got two thousand users, right? Like I, it was it was going crazy, right? And I was like, oh man, this this might be it. Um, <laughs> I said this this might be my ticket. It wasn't a ticket. It wasn't a ticket. I had so many problems because the, the app it was crashing my back end. It was just a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, and but I got it. A lot of people on campus like, hey, how do you do this, such and such? And they wanted me to teach them. So I started teaching people how to you know, make mobile apps. But I ended up getting my first two employees. Um, and they do mobile apps with me now. So I started a business called TTP Tech, which is what TTP Tech, TTP stands for Trust the Process. Um, and we started doing websites and mobile apps. Um, but I used that app right, to get my first internship as well um, at a tech company. Keep in mind, um, I'm probably like the only minority in there. Um, I'm holding up a phone. This was experience for me. And I'm like, hey, I did this app. Like just, just trying to get a job, right? I'm just I'm just out there just, you know, trying to use what I have. And I was able to get one. Um, and it was a really great job. And I learned a lot of stuff at that job that I use today. Um, but that's, that's here or there. But I started um, doing the app business. I still have the tech company. Um, and we still do websites and apps for people. And I ended up doing an app for Virginia Tech. So it it, it, it trickled into so many things. Um, I did an app for a PhD um, class uh, where they wanted their own app. Right now we use Canvas, um, which Canvas is like a management for classes. I know on the East Coast they use a Blackboard, um, but I basically made their own for that class. And I, and, I, and that was a that was a great contract. Um, so. So you, you talked about the process of, of making it, getting FDA approved, the nutritional label, things like that, doing in school. Shout out to that school that I won't say the name of, but, but <laughs> a good job for them being yeah. very helpful in that situation. It, it's in a lot of stores, it looks like, just from the location map online. Are you uh, talking through the process of, of getting into that stores? Are you going and doing your famous you know, you're, you're shot, you're walking in with that, you know, with the, with the jar, you know, are you yeah, is that, like, it's that's so ridiculous. Like, is that, is that your look? Like, you're like, Oh, Hey everybody, look, I got myself. No one carries touch here. Come on, man. No one carries sauce like that, man. No, no one does. So I, I, I like the anomaly in you for that, but like, are you, are you talk about a lot of emails to people? Are you emailing them saying, Hey, let me, uh, have you come to the store and try it? Like, do you have to do that for everyone into the hundreds of stores? Like, what's the process of getting it into stores? Has it gotten easier? Is it harder? Walk me through that. Yeah. So when I first started, it was it was so nerve wracking. Um, but the first store I ever got to, so I was able to get on TV locally um, in that area, and someone reached out to me. It was a um, Mr. Bill's Wine Cellar in Roanoke, Virginia. Shout out to him. He was my first store, and he ordered you know four cases, which was and at that time I was making it. But while making this, I was like, I got my first store. I'm cooking it up. I'm feeling good. I still ain't got no recipe. So it's, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still doing crazy stuff, right? But I got into, yeah. But um, so I get in there, right? That was the first email, but I didn't get in the store until another year later, right? Um, but the process was I had to step out of my comfort zone again. Um, and it, I still do it today, but it's, a, it's just a humbling experience, like, you gotta you gotta have faith in your product. You gotta know your product is the best, not in a, a, a in a humble way, but I had to put myself out there. So I go door to door. Like every single store I have now has been door to door, right? I got I have twenty six locations right now. I have one in New York, seventeen in Virginia. I have one in Georgia, and I ha- I think I have five or so in Florida right now. Um, but it's all door to door. The only one that wasn't door to door was the one in New York. And that story was a lady from New York was in one of our Virginia locations and she had the sauce there. And she went back to New York and told the grocery store, hey, you know, he has such a great story. Um, you should put the sauce in your um, store. And he ended up emailing me, but he didn't email me back. So I was like, I'm about to send him a bottle. I wrote him this nice handwritten note. Um, and then he finally got back to me and then he ordered two cases and put it in his store. Um, but the process was door to door. It was, you know, hey, my name is Tajir. 
I tell them about the story of my aunt. I tell them how I'm trying to get into more locations. And then I had to figure out a price point. When I first started, I undervalued my product. Um, I, I was selling it at, at a rate. I didn't, like at this time, I wasn't really infatuated with numbers. Like I was still trying to learn. I didn't know the numbers game, right? I'm still going through. Um, I got to shout out Apex Entrepreneur. A lot in terms of, um, you know, what an entrepreneur, what an entrepreneur entails, what he needs to do. Um, so at this time, I'm figuring out my numbers. I'm still making the sauce by hand. Um, and then uh, I finally get a co-packer, right? I get a co-packer. And this was a huge accomplishment because I was I was working for two years to get a co-packer. But COVID, it was just like ingredients was bad. It was just so much stuff that was pushing me behind. So I had to keep doing what I knew. And that was just making the sauce. I didn't want to do that, but I didn't want to stop the business either. Um, so I ended up getting a co-packer. Um, and they make the sauce for me now. So I buy it. They put the labels on. They they ziplock. They got the expiration date on it. It's it's a really it's a really great process now because now I'm not in the business of making sauce. I'm in the business of selling sauce, and that's such a better place to be for me right now. Because um, making sauce that was that was definitely hard. Um, what about the the decision to go direct to consumer, which is online stuff, versus the retail stuff, which is the twenty seven stores, versus maybe even wholesale, getting into a, a couple bigger stores? Like, it, it, does that run through your head? Do you wh where are you on that? How do you how do you make that decision? Because there's a ton of um, direct to consumer businesses that build up a huge list, do very very well. Tim and I were talking about um, the Magic Spoon uh, cereal the other day. They raised something obnoxious, you know, like a hundred million dollars or so, something ridiculous. They're very much a I would think a direct to consumer brand, uh, it's like $11 protein cereal if you're, if you're not familiar, but like you can do that and be very successful not being in retail. Like how do you make the decision on, Oh, we should do retail. We shouldn't, we should do it online. Yes. So. And, and in my case, it, it, it went through the journey. It was like going through the process. So I started off on uh, e-commerce, right? So at first I was selling it like, you know, I was selling out my, my dorm, <laughs> selling sauce, you know, just selling sauce every way I could. And I started a, a website. And, you know, the biggest thing about that was the shipping cost for my customers, right? They're paying $10, right, for the bottle. But shipping was like $7, right? So you end up paying $17 for a bottle. And I end up finding out who my audience was. And my audience are people from 35 to 65, right? And most of them don't shop online versus the millennials like myself. So I had to put it, start putting it in front of them. So I, I really, that's when I really started focusing on the numbers and I started focusing on my brand as well. And what that means, like Uncle Sauce is a memory to my aunt, but it's also to bring families together like it did for me and my family. So I said, I'm gonna put this in, like it just wasn't just random stores, but it was stores that was like, you know, your mom and pops that actually had a connection to the community, which was loving and all the products in there. It just it was a it was a compliment. It wasn't a substitute in any way. It was a compliment to the area, to the environment. Um, so I ended up doing that, and I did uh, restaurants as well. So uh, a couple of in Hampton, Virginia. Um, one is uh, Tommy's Restaurant. Tommy's Restaurant has been around a, a, a quite a long time. It's a family-owned restaurant. Best breakfast you'll have in that area, hands down. Um, and it's in there right now. So you know that environment right there is just it's so it's it's just it's it's literally like the meaning behind the sauce, like to gather around, right. To have a good meal with people you love. Like it, it wasn't a better setting. Um, so that's how I went around it though. Like figuring out to get in restaurants, figuring out to get in retail and figuring out how to get on e-commerce. Has failure or fear of failure ever, has it ever entered your mind or you just kept head down and just going forward? I want to definitely say, of course, I, I am. I'm not going to sit here and say like I, I'm not scared or I wasn't like it. It is, but at this point, like losing my aunt, like it. It was like, is people going to like this? Like that was always like my fear. Like I'm putting myself out there. Am I going to actually make it? But at the end of the day, I just lost my aunt, and you know, like that was like that was my backbone. So like nothing else could shake me now. It's just like like it's really full force right now to see what it can actually do. Yeah, I guess I just there's so many people that I talk to that they think of rather than think of how things can work, they think about why they can't or what they need in order to get to the next uh, next place. Whereas you, it just seems like you've just always just gone all in. We're diving into this pool and we're not even going to check to see if there's water in this thing. We're just going to go and figure it out. 
yeah. Even, even without a recipe that yeah. he's making from his, his <laughs> right. man curl sauce. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been listening to you for 50 minutes. I, I was under the impression that you had the recipe this entire time. So my main question is, I mean, what would Aunt Carol think about the sauce that you've made today? Would she approve? Would well, she that's spit right. it out? What, and like, does, what, does the does your family members do they approve? Did you, did you, yeah. have you reach parity? Do they like yeah. Aunt Carol's original better? Like, where are we on this? Yeah, yeah. So that that's a great question. They like it, you know. But the Master Chef, <laughs> I mean, she made it. It was just, it was so good. Like, it's so. I'm not gonna tell you. It's really. I believe in the product now. I I, I love it. But when she made it. I mean, it was just, I don't know, the lover, I don't know if I was in the moment. I'm like, I can't wait for these crab legs and the sauce type of thing. But the family approves, right? When I was at school, um, they couldn't taste it on the spot. So I had to wait till I got back from break to, to have them try it. But the first people to ever taste it was the people on campus. So that was, that was like, that moment right there was like, this is the first time ever that people other than my family is going to have my aunt's sauce. So that was major. Uh, so, so Tim meets you. Uh, what what month did you say it was? What what version of? Because I did March of last year. Isn't that the one yeah, that I judged? I, Wasn't there? Wait, say that, say that again. What are we doing? No, we're just trying to. Th- I, I'm trying to remember what uh, Star Peninsula event. Oh, oh. Um, was it September? Oh, yeah. No, August. no, no. October. We was doing pitch. We was doing. Uh, Pitch Perfect in October. Yeah, and, yeah. Who was doing Pitch Perfect? So, how, so what what brings you into that? How do you just say, hey, you know, there's a chance to win five grand. You know, that would be nice to win. Uh, right. It's a it's a it's a local thing to to where I am. Um, walk walk us through the process of that because it's interesting. Uh, I put on five of those things back in the early 2010s. Tim's done it what ten times now, maybe more. I can't even I can't even count. But you know, there's a there that process of a startup weekend or um, um, a start peninsula type of event, which is morphed into something I think a lot, a lot stronger uh, where it's a process over a lot longer of period of a time. But um, what's it like going through that? What did you learn? Why did you do it? Stuff like that. Absolutely. So during college, I was doing pitch competitions. Um, so I, I was kind of familiar um, but I got into VWIC, which is an incubator at Hampton University. Um, and I got in that while I was a student at Virginia Tech. It, it's open to literally everyone. Um, and I, and I, I definitely want everyone to check out VWIC. Um, But they actually, one of the administrators of the program said, hey, I think you would do great, you know, at Start Peninsula. And they sent me the link and I went ahead and applied. And I think it was like the last week to apply as well. Like I was like the last slot. I was definitely the last slot. Yeah. What, what was that? That came from a result of uh, a grant. Was it was it from Bezos's wife or was it from uh, Gates, Bill Gates's wife or something? Is, is that what funded uh, the VWIC program? I don't want to lie. I don't know. OK. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it was I, something. Yeah. What's yeah. It called? VWIC? VWIC. VWIC. It was. Uh, but yeah, we, that, that seems like a really, really great program. The number of businesses that participate is just amazing. And then I was is that really, the one that really has happy. like 500? 500 businesses. Yeah. A Virginia Workforce Innovation yeah. Entrepreneurship Center? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Got it. And, and they gave me y'all's contact. Yeah. No, that was great. It, uh, a lot of great companies mm-hmm. participate in Star Peninsula as a result of that. And, uh, Man, so like you've continued. Now you're in Florida. I you're am. back running. I am. And you're still running the business. I am. So it's just you just keep going. I just keep going until I can't go no more. What uh so what are, what are your goals now is in terms of uh track and field? Where where do you hope to take that? And uh where do you hope to take the business? So my personal goal is to prosper, but I want to see I want to really see myself living out my full potential. So everything I do, I'm doing it until I can't do it no more. Um, not in a way where it's like 
I'm killing myself. I'm still having fun. As long as I'm still having fun, I'm in a good place, right? I take breaks. I do what I need to do. But I want to take everything to, to the max, right? I want to get my sauce to the max. I want to get track to the max. Everything I do, I want to really push it to the limit. Um, yeah, I'm just curious, uh, you know, Zach, where where that limit is, you know, in terms of yeah. Keep going. Keep going. You're back. Tajir. Keep going. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I just, I just want to push through that limit. So right now I, I think I'm in a pace where like, I'm. everyone thinks they're on the edge, but I think I'm right on the cusp of breaking this bubble and really getting out there. Like I've been doing door to door for the past eight months, nine months or so. And I got 26 locations. So I'm, it's just that one person at the right time. And I'm just putting myself in position. Just the same thing with track that, that right race, at the right time is the right time. Have you tried going to bigger stores, um, you know, a, a Whole Foods, a Food Lion, a, a Kroger, a Harris Teeter? It seems like they have, you know, more local, smaller, um, smaller yeah. quantity. I don't know what the word is. Uh, uh, categories. I mean, what, have you tried those? What are they saying? What's that process like? Yeah. And, and that's the process that I'm working on now. I've been working on that process for the past four months because um, I'm in a position to actually sustain that. Um, some of those stores, they 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 tell you got to pay for shelf space. And for me, you know, it's easy to get on the shelf, but to sell the sauce off the shelf, that's the part. So I just need to make sure my business is in a, in a way where people know about it. I need more marketing. I need to get more exposure. And I think that's coming out of time. The more locations I get, the more people recognize the brand, the more people recognize the sauce. So when it does get into a store location, they're like, oh, I, I know about this type of thing. Um, so I really think that that process is really coming up of getting my first location. I have been doing my applications um, and you have to get a distributor. You don't have to, but like majority of those sauce, they have distrib the distributor. They take a cut as well of the product, but they disperse your product and they talk to the people um, in, in the uh, in management for those large chains. Because, you know, I can go into a target right now, but, you know, the district manager has no leeway on um you know putting products in the store um so that's that's a possibility i'm looking at as well as a distributor because i'm the distributor i'm the one that writes the invoices i'm the one that knocks on the doors i'm the one that makes it gets off the shelf yeah i mean even getting it into a store i mean like a target like any of those big boxes they got hundreds of thousands of SKUs, mm -hmm. tens of thousands of SKUs. i mean it's i mean how many hot sauce bottles how many how many sauce bottles are in there you know and it, it, it is that's that's got to be a crazy game just to to do that you know and and whether you're paying for shelf space whether they buy it and then they return it because it didn't sell after a while i mean i, I would imagine that stress alone would be pretty pretty wicked oh yeah it's a dangerous game i mean and the marginal sauce is it's low so you gotta sell it in volume mm. that's that's how you that's how you make your bucks you, selling cases or selling single bottles it doesn't make the business grow do you, can you still go to your website and buy direct to yes, consumer? Yes, yes, please, please check out uncurlsauce.com that you see down there below. Um, please order a bottle or two for your loved ones. Yeah, and we'll definitely make sure it's in the show notes and uh, include it there as well. What's something we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? I mean, I got a crazy life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. That that's my journey. Um, everything is lessons I learn and I'm applying them today. Um, I just look back at my life and I'm just blessed to be at this position right now, even to be in your your presence, both of y'all, um, to be able to share my wisdom and my knowledge through my experiences. And I just want to keep doing this. I want to keep sharing, you know, what I have been through and the lessons that I learned, so people don't have to make, you know, the same mistakes that I made. They can just get to that process a little bit faster than I did. Yeah, who do you turn to uh, now to keep learning uh, from a either a mentorship standpoint or just to, to fill that that now that that desire to keep getting smarter and more knowledgeable? Yeah, the world the world definitely keeps me on my toes. <laughs> it's just something new every day, um, and it just remind like when I say the world, I'm just going out there um, doing what I do. It, it keeps me wanting to just learn more because the world is changing every day. Um, when I talk to different store owners, just to, just to edge case, when I did talk to different store owners, they'll say things like, 
oh, do you have um, such and such for your product? Oh, I didn't know I needed that for my, you know, so now I got to go learn and get that from our product type of thing. But it's just little stuff like that um, that always keeps me on the edge and always keeps me learning. Yeah. They, they say the world is your oyster. I, I say the world is your oyster and make sure to put some Aunt Carol sauce on them. I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. Dude, you, Zach, the pendulum has swung in both directions, man. You went from, yeah. I don't want to hey, even bring up the, the, the other side. but <laughs> You're talking about his bad choice in colleges that started this? <laughs> I understand. No, it's fine. We all make mistakes. is the best nation. We all make mistakes, and clearly you know that you made one. It's okay. Ajir, it's been awesome. Look forward yeah. to meeting you in person at some point in the future. I look forward to trying uh, the sauce, not on seafood because I'm allergic, but I'll try it on the chicken wings because I love yeah. these chickens. So thanks for being yeah, with us today. Continued success, man. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Talk soon. Peace. So long. <laughs>